This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. This is Vince Russo's The Brand. That's life. That's what this show is all about. It's about the trials and tribulations and making it through every single day. It's about being the best you absolutely can be. It's about making this world a better place for you and for me. It's not about you. It's about the one who created you. And it's not about what you want. It's about what he wants. You were created with a purpose that only you can fulfill. You were created to glorify him and glorify his kingdom. You were created with a job to do. That's life. My job is to tell you the impact that God had on my life once I let God take over. That is my story to tell. That's life. Good morning, everybody on this Monday, September 11, 2023. And of course, man, this is the day uh, we want to remember all those people that lost their lives uh, on 9-11. I believe it was 22 years ago. Uh, all those people, man, who just went to work uh, that day, man, um, just expecting to put in their 9-to-5 and go home. And they never made it home. And I always think about them and I always think about the families. And I also think about all those who lost their lives trying to save lives, man. Firefighters, police officers, emergency crews. Um, tragic, tragic, tragic. You know, it's 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 bittersweet, man, because I always hate when it is the anniversary of 9-11, because I, I always hate going back to that day. I always hate going back and seeing that footage. But I also know, man, we can never forget, man. We can never, ever, ever forget the thousands of people um, that lost their lives for absolutely nothing. So, you know, this this is a day in remembrance of all all those people, man. Yesterday, bro, on a more somber note, was my 40th wedding anniversary. And um, I got many, 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 many nice congratulatory messages uh, personally and on social media. And I want to thank you very, very, very much. Had a nice day with Amy, the the weather put a little damper on things because it was a little rainy day here in Colorado, but um, we had a nice time, man. We went to a um, we went to a nice breakfast in Boulder. Then we we walked around Boulder a little bit, 
Um, we had a very, very nice day together. Um, our 40th wedding anniversary, which I am very, very, very proud of. Um, that is up there with the things I am most proud of, man. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of our marriage. I'm proud of my children. Um, I'm proud, man. I think I'm a good son. I'm proud of that. Um, so there are a lot of things I'm, I'm really proud in. But uh, being married for 40 years and having a solid relationship, man, that is that is second to none. And um, that's very difficult in this world, guys, because there's a lot of temptation out there. And that's what I want to talk about today, man. I want to talk about living in this world. Because if you are a Christian, you know this is not our world. Our world is heaven. And there is a place waiting for us in heaven. This is not our world. This is the devil's playground. This is Satan's world. Um, And day to day for all of us, I'm not even going to say many of us. I'm going to say all of us. Day to day can be very, 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 very tough. Um, And it's good to know that this is temporary, bro. This is temporary. This is not permanent. Um, As a Christian, my permanent residence will be in heaven. But what I want to talk about today is how do we exist in this temporary world? Um, How do we cope with it? How do we rise above it? How do we not get caught up in it? These are the things that I really want to discuss with you today. so I found a great article, bro, on BibleStudyTools.com. And the name of the article is, How Should Christians Live in a World That Is Not Our Home? And, bro, this was literally written a couple of months ago, May 26, 2023. Um, and it was written by Annette Griffin. And I read this this morning, and I wanted to share this with you. In the world, but not of the world, we've heard this phrase all too often as Christians. Home. The word stirs deep sentiment, a subtle longing nostalgia. We can make a house a home, but the essence of home doesn't require the support of four walls. At any moment, no matter where we are, the at-home feeling can sweep over us. The lingering aroma of slow-roasting turkey, the gentle caress of a wrinkled hand, a baby's coos. Our senses can speak the feeling of home, but no single word in the English language can adequately capture the depth of its meaning. So what does it mean to live in the world, but not of the world? I'm sure many of you have heard this for decades. And I'm going to break this down to you and let you know exactly what this means. During his final days of ministry on earth, Jesus was confronted with the question of home. The same world he had spoken into existence now screamed against him. 
The very people he had chosen to call his own now chose to disown him. Falsely accused, battered, and alone, Jesus stood before Pilate and declared, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. So Jesus made it clear, my kingdom is not of this world. And you can read that, John 18, 36. With that powerful proclamation, Jesus turned the world upside down. Since the beginning of his ministry, Jesus had tried to convey to his followers that the time had come, that time which had been foretold by the prophets, the time when God's children no longer needed to search for refuge in a sin-laden land that was not their own. The king had come, and with him came the keys to an everlasting kingdom they would now call home. Christ's kingdom is the homeland for all believers. It's where we belong, in him and with him. We may physically reside on planet Earth, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. That was Philippians 3.20. So let's dive a little deeper and look at what does the Bible say about in the world? but not of this world. Remember, guys, whenever I have any questions, I go directly to the Bible because I do believe all questions we have in life will be answered there. So as citizens of heaven, our view of this temporal world matters. What we think and believe about this foreign land helps us find our proper place in it. The only reliable source for this information comes from the creator himself. Here's what God's word has to say about this world, bro. This world, the world that you and I live in, these are Five quotes directly from the mouth of Jesus. The world is temporary. The world is temporary. That's 1 John 2, 17, 2 Corinthians 4, 18, Matthew 5, 18. The world is not our friend. John 15, 18 and 19, James 4, 4, 1 John 2, 15 to 17. This world is full of trouble. John 16, 33, 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 4, James 1, 2 to 4. Satan's power is active in this world. 1 John 5.19, uh, 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, Ephesians 
two, one to two. Christ has overcome this world. John 16, 33, 1 John 4, 4, John 12, 31 to 32. Those are five very bold, very factual, very to the point statements made by Jesus Christ himself. Now, here's the question we all want to know. Here's the question we need an answer to. How can Christians live in the world but not be of the world? So how do we live here but basically not be a part of it? That is the question. Viewing the the treacherous condition of this world from God's perspective can be overwhelming. Here's the good news. That bad news is no longer our burden to carry. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. While we sojourn through this dry and weary land, we are not alone. Christ has made every provision for our successful journey. He's given us his word, his armor, his example, and best resource of all, himself. His Holy Spirit indwells each believer, sets us apart, leads us into truth, and helps us live out our earthly calling through his divine power. In fact, Jesus was so passionate about equipping us for our journey that he took the request straight to the Father on the eve of the crucifixion. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by truth. Your word is truth. John 17, 15 to 19. That is very, 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 very powerful. That on the cross, God, Jesus asked his father, God, to not take us out of this world, but to protect us from the evil one. And then he says, we are not of the world, just as he's not of the world. Sanctify them by the truth, by your word, because your word is truth. So as we move on, we look at what is a Christian's role in the world? What 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 is our role? as Christians in this world. Equipped with his power, each believer has been assigned a mission to fulfill while we're here on earth. Some of these callings are unique to the individual, but as ambassadors of Christ, we also have a collective responsibility to represent our kingdom well. Our loyalty to our God should come before any other allegiance. 
but part of our duty to him involves conducting ourselves in a worthy manner while we're away from home. Here's what the Bible has to say about the roles of Christians in the world. I love these words of the Bible because they're very simple, man. They are very, very simple to understand. Christians should be mission-minded in the world. In other words, we have a job to do. We have a mission. And through prayer and through study and through a relationship with God, that mission will be revealed to us. Christians should be noticeably different than those who are of this world. So we will stand out. We will have values. We will have morals. We will be different. Christians should love and serve the people of this world. Love and serve them. Serve them. For the Lord's sake, Christians should submit to authority in this world. Whether we like it or not, God tells us we should submit to authority. He put those people in place for a reason. Christians should avoid futile arguments and entanglements of this world. Now, here are six practical ways that Christians should live in a world that's not our home. Listen up, man. This is very, very important. Armed with God's view of this world and his instructions for earthly living, here are six practical ways to apply the will of our king to practical life on earth. Six practical ways to cope in this world, which is not ours. Number one, be mission-minded. When Christians think of missionaries, we typically picture a super saint who is called to minister in a foreign country. While in that land, the missionary's goal is to serve and love the ingenuous people while preaching the gospel. Many missionaries endure untold hardships, suffer prosecution, and trade their wealth to live in poverty. Why? Because they are driven by the internal fire of their calling. Few of us can fathom, though we truly revere, the kind of sacrifice required of missionaries. But the truth is, if we view the world as God does, and we take his instructions for living to heart, we are left with a stark realization. Though we're not all assigned the role of a missionary, we are called to the same mission, our king's mission, to seek and save the lost. Are we driven by the internal fire of that calling? God has sovereignly placed people in our paths. We need to know who need to know him. Do we have eyes to see the plight of the unbeliever? 
Only when our mind is on the mission can our eyes, ears, and heart engage in the calling. So our mission here on earth is to seek and save the lost. The lost. Are you driven by that internal fire? God has sovereignly placed people in our lives who need to know him. Are our eyes open? Are our ears open? Are our hearts engaged in his calling? Number two, stay in touch with the king and fellow citizens. We serve a God who is not in the business of abandonment. Jesus died to close the gap that sin had created between us and the Father. He would never leave us to our own devices to fulfill our mission. Now more than ever, it is important to take advantage of our sacred access to him on a regular basis. Through prayer and time in his word, we can discover his ways, discern his plans, and seek his will. I say that all the time, bro through prayer and time in the Word. But most importantly, we can press to know Him. Our strength and joy are found in His presence. Our loving Father has also given us the privilege and responsibility of fellowship with other kingdom citizens. We are His body. Christ fits believers together like pieces of a puzzle to accomplish His purposes. When we neglect that fellowship, we undermine our God-given provision to combat loneliness and discouragement as Christians. We must constantly, constantly love and support each other. Together we are strong, and our love for fellow believers speaks volumes to the perishing world, the temporary world. Stay clean. When far away from home for an extended period, it's easy to get swept into the flow of a different culture. The more we immerse ourselves in worldly worldly customs, pleasures, and pastimes, the less we look like citizens of our rightful home. Our king has called us to be holy. At first glance, that word is intimidating because the world's definition of holiness can be summarized as out of reach. But God's definition of holiness means set apart. Until we reach home, we will not be perfect. But it's important to acknowledge our sins, confess our sins, turn from them, and allow Christ's regenerated blood to keep us apart from him. Now, this one's very um, interesting. And this one is a, a hard pill for many to swallow. But it is just as important as the others. Submit to authority. Throughout history, God has appointed leaders and rulers to govern his people. Some of those leaders have been evil, some good. All have been used by God to accomplish his divine purpose. When we forgot that this world is not our home and this life is not our own, our old nature will try to appoint itself as a leader. 
Our old nature values its own rights above all. Our old nature will demand its own way and use any possible to secure it. Our old nature ignores God's sovereignty or worse, will reinvent a God in his own image to justify self-righteous actions. Submission to earthly authority is not about passively going with the flow of this culture. It's about laying down our own ideas and standing firm on God's plan. When the winds and waves of civil unrest threaten to overtake the land, we have a choice to participate in the worldly chaos or stand firm not on any worldly institution, personal conviction, or righteous cause, but on the only foundation that lasts. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. 1 Peter 2, 6. So whether or not we agree with the authority that is in place, God put those people in place as part of his master plan. So for as firmly as you may disagree with them, you have to remember that Man, that is that is pointed out in the Bible over and over and over and over and over and over again. And that is the way I have always lived my life. You've got to respect the authority. And it even states some of that authority may be evil. But it is God who put them in that place with a purpose that only he knows. We've got two more points to cover. Rightly identify the enemy. The world is not our friend, but that doesn't mean the lost people of this world are our enemy. Satan, the true enemy, is holding the lost captive. He has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. When Christians treat unbelievers as the enemy rather than the captives, Satan wins. While we're busy fighting, opposing, and debating our captive neighbor neighbors, Satan's tightens their chains of unbelief and sows seeds of pride, bitterness, and self-righteousness in our own hearts. But when we as Christians choose to love our neighbor as ourselves, Christ's light can shine through us and become a beacon of hope that pierces the darkness. And last, lastly, avoid divisive chatter. Avoid divisive chatter. Social media platforms have opened the door to unlimited access to this world. A Christian's online presence should reflect whose we are. 
Well, there is a time and a place for healthy spiritual deliberation. Social media platforms are not that forum. No matter how right, wise, or pious the argument, no Christian has ever rescued a non-believer from Satan's grip through a heated social media debate. But plenty of well-meaning Christians have been used by Satan to repel genuine seekers from the truth that could set them free. When citizens of heaven use abrasive words to win a spiritual argument, we mar the public image of our king and create a stumbling block to the gospel. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. 2 Timothy 2, 23 to 25. In the world, but not of the world. Home. Our heavenly home is less than a century away for each of us. Our king has placed a deep sentiment and subtle longing in our hearts for the homeland. That yearning drives us closer to him and to our destiny in him. No matter where we stake our claim, planet or fl- planet our flag, or pledge our allegiance in this temporal world, may the mark we leave behind become a roadmap for others to find home. And the last, Ecclesiastics, he has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. So he has set eternity in our human hearts. Guys, that's why I always say, is any of this going to matter when we're dead? This world is temporary. This is not our home. Our home is with God. But with God, we will be able to make it through this world, through his power, through his strength, through his love, through his blessings, he will get us through this temporary world. And we have to remember that, bro, because things here on earth can get really, really difficult. But this is not our home. That is life, everybody, man. It is free. And he is there. And he wants you to come home. All you have to do is ask, man. That's life. That's what this show is all about. It's about the trials and tribulations and making it through every single day. It's about being the best 
you absolutely can be. It's about making this world a better place for you and for me. It's not about you. It's about the one who created you. And it's not about what you want. It's about what he wants. You were created with a purpose that only you can fulfill. You were created to glorify him and glorify his kingdom. You were created with a job to do. That's life. My job is to tell you the impact that God had on my life once I let God take over. That is my story to tell. That's life.